0: Welcome to the UK Law Weekly Podcast with me, your host, Marcus Cleaver. This week we're going to be looking at the case of Isle of Wight Council and Platt. The citation for this case is 2017 UKSC 28. And those of you who have been listening to the podcast perhaps for a little while will be aware that when this case was first decided upon, a couple of months ago, we did a special bonus episode called Term Time Holidays, Three Key Points, where we didn't look at the case in much detail, but we sort of had a quick think about some of the um, main takeaways and reactions to the judgment um, after it first came out. So I would recommend that you go back and listen to that after you've listened to this episode, um, just for some extra points. So the case itself concerns children being taken out of school during term time so that they can go on holiday. Mr Platt wanted to take his daughter out of school back in April 2015 so that they could go on holiday to Disneyland in Florida. He asked for permission from the head teacher, but this was refused. Platt ignored this and took his daughter on holiday anyway, and so when he got back, he received a fixed penalty that he refused to pay, and so was prosecuted in the Isle of Wight Magistrates Court under section 444-1 of the Education Act 1996. This states that where a child fails to attend school regularly, the parent is guilty of an offence. The magistrate's court found Platt not guilty, as his daughter had an attendance record of more than 90%. As the case moved up the hierarchy of courts, it became clear that the case revolved around the definition of the word regularly. And there are three possible definitions that we're going to look at today, and that the Supreme Court analysed in their decision. The first definition of regularly is evenly spaced intervals. The second is sufficiently often. And the third is in accordance with the rules. Now straight away we can ignore that first definition, it's obviously incorrect because going to school once a week would be sufficient for evenly spaced intervals, and so that can't really apply here. So the main conflict in this case is between Platt, who's going to be arguing that regularly means sufficiently often, and the Department for Education, which is going to be arguing that regularly means in accordance with the rules. As with many cases where statutory interpretation is the key, the Supreme Court began by looking at the legislative history of the Education Act 1996. Going back to the early 20th century, before 1944, even one day's absence would be enough to constitute an offence. The word regularly was actually introduced in the Education Act 1994, but as Lady Hale noted, the point of doing so was not to relax the law in this area. School attendance is still compulsory, and therefore the rules are still strict. It was also noted that a pupil at a boarding school would be expected to have 100% attendance excluding illness and other authorised absences, so the same should be applied to non-boarders. If we applied an interpretation of sufficiently often, then this would create uncertainty in the law, i.e. it would not be clear if removing a child for any period of time was actually an offence. This would go against the core idea of criminal law, that there should be complete certainty as to what is and what is not a criminal offence. Applying such a definition would also contradict the broader policy that the absence of a child from school is disruptive to not only the child herself, but also to her fellow pupils as well. By process of elimination then, the Supreme Court came to the conclusion that the third definition, that regular attendance means in accordance with the rules set out by a particular school, should be applied to section 444.1 of the Education Act 1996. While this may appear draconian at first, Lady Hell also pointed out that the Crown Prosecution Service have a great degree of discretion when deciding whether to prosecute any individual parent. Overall, I think that the legal reasoning in this case is viable, but it's not exactly convincing in any way. If the CPS can take a broad approach to their prosecution policy, then in some ways this also creates uncertainty in the law, but at a later stage of the process, i.e. after the offence has been committed. Of course, the point is that the CPS do generally take a sensible approach and will not issue a penalty notice for minor breaches of the law. But this raises the question as to why the CPS can be trusted to exercise common sense with regards to this interpretation, but not the second definition, where it regularly, would mean sufficiently often. In truth, no matter what definition is applied to this word, there is always going to be some scope for argument, and so the Supreme Court's basis for its judgment rests on rather dubious grounds. I would also point out that there are much broader issues at stake in this case, such as what the education development of a child actually means, the effect the decision will have on the price of holidays in the future, and also the autonomy of parents with respect to their own children. As mentioned at the start of this episode, I've already covered this in the bonus episode, Term Time Holidays, Three Key Points. So I would recommend that you go and listen to that now, rather than listening to me rehash it on this episode. So do make sure to check that out. Thank you very much for listening to this episode. Thanks as ever to bensound.com who provide the theme music. Um, Also remember to rate and review the podcast on iTunes and check out my website at uklawweekly.com where you'll find all of the latest news and views from the legal world. Thanks again for listening. Bye!